It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on, and they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Uh, let's go in the lab. Hey, friends! My name's Drew Doherty, and this is In the Lab, and I'm a little bit furious right now because John and I recorded about four minutes of, the, of In the Lab, but we didn't hit record. I didn't hit the record button, so I'm sorry. But this is really just way too much information, isn't it, John? No, you know what? You know how many times that happens to me when I'm, I'm recording a segment or I'm doing something? I, I can't tell you the number of times. I actually did it on an interview with McLean. I had gone like 20 minutes with McLean oh. before I realized it, and I didn't tell him. So I just went another like twenty two minutes and thought I had a full show, and then I was like, I gotta scramble to get the <laughs> I gotta scramble to get the rest. It happens all the time with this computer because you gotta hit you gotta hit the button to pop up the screen and hit the button uh-huh. again to record. So it it happens. And so, intermittently no when I have other folks beside you on mm-hmm. in a panic, I'll look down to the right thinking, Oh my god, did I hit record? <laughs> and I always have. Yeah, I still haven't messed that up. I'm sure that day's coming. Anyhow. In the Lab is every Tuesday. So yeah. we put it up on Tuesday. Many of you listen that day. Some of you wait a day or two. You listen on your drive home. Some of you, you wait till the weekend, and you're swinging your hammer, fixing fences, or mowing your lawn, or you're stenciling in a new name on your yacht. Yes. And you're listening then. Well, guess what, John? In addition to every Tuesday, we, over the next two, three months, mm-hmm. are going to sprinkle in some bonus in the labs here and there yep. on off Tuesdays. Yes. Because the Texans 100 has started. Began on Saturday because Saturday was 100 days until the Monday night football opener at New Orleans. So since the NFL celebrating its 100th anniversary, we thought, hey, let's look back at about 100 fun Texans moments in team history. Most of them on the field, some of them off the field. But you and I are going to remember many of the mm-hmm. on the field ones, and we're yep. going to pop in like a 10, 15-minute podcast about a few of those as the weeks go by. Yeah, like bonus features. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially it's like going to a Tex-Mex place, and uh-huh. you will always get chips and salsa. Yeah. But now you might get some queso to go with it, mm-hmm. you know? Or you're going to get your chips and salsa, right. or maybe you're going to get another appetizer that you, you like to get. You're uh-huh. going to get that little appetizer. But you're always going to get your chips and salsa. That's in the lab. But you might get your little other appetizer. That's your bonus features. Speaking of chips and salsa, mm-hmm. I love, over the last 15 years, the popularization of kind of like salsa ranch, you know, like ranch. What's it? Cilantro it's ranch. It's like a cilantro ranch or something. Yes. It, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's, keep doing this Tex-Mex oh, restaurants. It's, it's phenomenal. By, by the way, it, this got me thinking because every now and again in the lab can go uh, can go off the uh, yeah. off the grid a little bit. First of all, I'm hungry. Second of all, I brought up a Tex-Mex uh, restaurant analogy. I think this tells you a lot about a person. Mm-hmm. What is your fajita? How do you make your fajita? What's your favorite Make a feed of what goes in it. Okay, I only want to get three strips of beef. Okay. Because if you get too much, like... No, you can't overload I, I'm with you. Damn it, I'm don't do you. that. You know, it pisses me off when yeah. you got a fajita falling apart. So I put yeah. three strips on. I put some pico de gallo. I put... Uh, well, first I squeeze some lime on it. Then I put some pico de gallo. Yep. Uh, I put some guac. I put a little bit of queso. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of sour cream. I like it. And I eat it. I like it. But I want to make sure I can cover it up and it... it I, I'm with fall you. Apart all over me. It drives me crazy when I got stuff falling out of my uh, out of my fajita. Yeah. I like, and I should have said this: homemade tortilla. Mm-hmm. You, you got to go that way. 
I like building a I like building a base of uh, of Spanish rice. Oh yeah, I love Spanish. Like Spanish rice, and then I'll put a little bit of shredded cheese. Okay. And then I'll put my steak or chicken. See, I'm team queso, man. Forget that shredded. I'm not stuff. done yet. I'm not done yet. Because <laughs> then I put. Keep in mind, I'm from Wisconsin. I put the steak or I put the chicken down just enough because I can always go back and get more. Right. Then I put the queso. Then I put the sour cream. Nice. And done. Solid. Yeah. Solid. We're simpatico. Yeah. Uh, the queso's going on. It's just there's going to be some shredded cheese that goes with it. All right, John. Well, kind of along the lines of what we were talking about earlier, we're going to touch on a guy who's showed up all over these Texans' top 100 moments, mm-hmm. and it's J.J. Watt. But it's not for what he's done defensively, which has been he's been, the be- he's been the best defensive player of this millennium, I think. Three Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's on, He could have won four, could have won five, really, and 13 mm-hmm. if you add, add that in there. But we're focusing on 2014 when he was perfect catching the football. Three receptions, three touchdowns. Yep. I will never forget this, John. We're in Oakland, week two. Mm-hmm. I'm up in the press box. It's my fav- it's one of my it's my favorite road venue because it's so old school. Yeah. The Oakland Coliseum. I love it. It really is. It's a baseball stadium. I mean, there's old school phones. I found a comb in my seat last time. The infield was still on because the yes. A's were, were wrapping up their season. Yes. But anyways, early on in that game, you know, Texans are in the goal line situation and an intern at the time in media relations, Seth Medvin. Elbows me. He's now at the Broncos. My, yeah, he's, yeah, and he's high up at the Broncos now. Elbow. He's sitting to my left. He elbows me. He's like, hey, JJ's in the game. I thought, what? Because at that point, Bill O'Brien had come in. We weren't at every right. practice. We weren't seeing everything. Right. And I look, and sure enough, there's there number is. 99 on the edge of the line. And so I fired off a tweet saying, JJ Watts in the game at tight end. And I hit send. They, hi- they snap the ball, and he catches that touchdown. It's the first of what would become three that year. Fitzpatrick digs in. Backs up to throw, swings it out right side, caught J.J. Watt! Oh my goodness! J.J. Watt with a touchdown reception as the Texans get their touchdown to number 99. A one-yard TD pass. But that was really a fun season. I mean, he was a Comet. It's his best season he's had. Yeah. He got MVP votes, justifiably so, because he scored two other touchdowns. Yeah. He was a monster that year, John. Well, I, tight I, end J.J. Watt, the tight end, is who we're talking about today. He scored five touchdowns that year. Yeah. Three offense, two knots, not as a not offensive touchdown. Right. The fumble return against Buffalo, and he had the pick six. Uh, I'm sorry, the fumble return against the Colts and the pick six against the Bills. Yeah. Then he had those touchdowns, and, and I was the same way. I, you know, during the games, I'm, I'm always in, in Mark's ear, so he can always hear me. So I see Watt go in the huddle, and I just. I just say I try to keep it short because obviously he's he and Andre are yapping, so I gotta I gotta keep it short. And I'm just like Watt in the game, Watt at tight end. And I would have thought if JJ Watt's going in the game, if you're the Oakland Raiders, who do you think is getting the football? Yeah, it's going to be JJ Watt. And they left him wide open. It was just a little two man route. I think whoever's I think it was Prosh maybe went to the flat, and then JJ kind of went to the back of the end zone. And JJ's standing there, and Fitzy just shot put it to him. And I mean it was the easiest catch in the world, unlike the one against Cleveland. Mallet throws left side of the end zone. Watts, J.J. Watt. He makes the catch, but is it in? No signal yet. Long conversation. Touchdown! J.J. Watt with a great catch. Left side of the end zone. Which is a heck of a catch because he's got Christian Kirksey really was. Like, right in his lap. That one came from Ryan Mallet. That one came from, from Ryan Mallet. Did he? Oh, then he, the third one he caught from Fitzy again. Yeah, it was, it was the first touchdown pass of Ryan Mallet's career. Yeah, 
to to JJ Watt. Yeah. That one, I told the story about the two roughing the punter flags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told that yesterday during all access. But in that in that Cleveland game, when I when I saw him go in again, I figured, okay, they're going to throw it to him. Then I see him out wide. I'm like, okay, maybe it's a decoy. And I was like, no, no, no. If they're throwing it to him, it's going to be a slant. Because JJ, 300 pounds, even as a linebacker, he's he's got 40, 50 pounds on him. He'll just run a slant and body him, keep him out of there, and just kind of cradle it in his body and, you know, touchdown. Then he runs the fade. I'm like, they're throwing mounts, and then mounts throwing it to him on the fade. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So he caught one at tight end. He caught one at wide out. And then the third one that he caught that year was against Tennessee. And Rewind. A play earlier? Two plays earlier? Oh, yeah. He yeah. gets the he gets the, the the fumble right. He gets the sack strip, fumble strip sack right. Blocker shotgun gets the snap. Watt knocks the ball out. JJ running for it picks it up. 35-30 to his left of twenty five and he's brought down. JJ Watt strip sack. Wow. Plus the recovery for number ninety nine. Guess when you think you've seen it all from him as a player? There's always something else. And then he goes in, and I want to say, did he line up at fullback on that one? First and goal at the one. Watt motions to the right side. Fitzpatrick to throw. Right side to Watt. J.J. with the catch. Touchdown, Houston. (laughs) He does it again. His third touchdown reception of the season. Now they can go ahead and give the MVP trophy out right now. It was a real bang. It was a, that was the hardest of his three catches, I think. Yeah, yeah. He I had mean, to kind he, of slide into fully, the corner. Yeah, fully extend for That it. was not an easy catch. Ne- the, the Raiders one was really easy. The fade route was not. The third one, you're right, I think was the hardest catch of all. The fact that he had to kind of slide and get that catch. At first, I wasn't sure that he caught it. Yeah. But all the fans in that corner of the end zone, of course, when he went in, they just, they just went crazy. I mean, the fact he was finally able to do have an offensive touchdown – at home, yeah, just sent the fans in hysterics. Well, it was, it was awesome. It was the weekend after Thanksgiving. I had some relatives in from Baltimore, so my uncle and my two cousins were down in that end zone. Yeah, yeah. He he, they, he scored right in front of them, mm-hmm. and my uncle was just fascinated by it all because they go to Ravens games, they they go to Redskins yeah, yeah, games, yeah. and uh, he's been around. He puts on events like he, you know, so he's he's not just some yokel, right? And he loved the whole experience. It was his first Texans game to yeah. see. But he loved seeing what J.J. did that day. And then he, he I remember afterwards he said, J.J. threw that ball <laughs> so far. Because that was when yeah. he comes back to the sideline, J.J. throws it up to, like, to the club level. Yeah. Well, we had a video of it. and he, You see him throwing the ball, and then you see the Death Star exploding. It's That's one of, one of my favorite videos that we ever did. Gift, but. That was one of my favorite videos we ever did. I mean, I thought that was just hilarious. <laughs> I remember we talked about what we were going to do with that, and then Jay came up with the Death Star. Yeah, and I was just—I was like, that is just absolutely uh, genius. But that was a game in which Fitzy Fitzy had seven touchdowns. Fitzy six had touchdowns. six touchdowns. Six touchdowns. Yeah. In that, so JJ has in that game he has the one touchdown, one catch, one yard. That's the thing. He always catches for one yard, which is. Not a big deal. But I always talk about stuff in the stat sheet because on the stat sheet, when you see the defensive stat sheet, it's got columns for tackles, assists, combined tackles, sacks, yards, lost, TFLs, quarterback hurries, interceptions, pass. And so it's got all these different categories. Uh-huh. And most of them are just zeros. Yeah. Most of them are just zeros. Not him. He's got he's got, got numbers up across the board. Across the board. So in that game, J.J. had one catch for one yard, one touchdown. He had three tackles. Two sacks for 24 yards lost. 
He had one TFL. He had six quarterback hurries. He had one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. Game wrecker. I mean, it was just you know think think about it like this. Think how good how good he was with twenty four yards lost in yardage. He would have been the second leading rusher for us. So if you think about yards lost as yards gained for your defense, yeah, yeah. that day Arian Foster had 79 yards rushing on 19 carries. The next rusher was Jonathan Grimes, five attempts for 13 yards. So J.J. had two sacks for 21 yards. That was in November. 24 yards. Late November of 2014. Yep. O'Brien got hired January 2nd or 3rd of that year. And in about March, I did a, an event with him. It was a dinner up in the West Club, and I can't remember who it was for, but there were probably about 100 people there. Yeah. So I was up on stage with him, and we did a Q&A, and I asked him a whole bunch of stuff about himself, about the team, yeah. about his plans, and I, I sprinkled in this. I said, what do you think of trick plays? Are we going to see any trick plays? Mm-hmm. And he gets this twinkle in his eye, and he looks at me and he said, what's a trick play? Yeah. Meaning there are there's no such thing as a trick play. If it's right. in the playbook, it's a good play. Right. But he clearly was behind it. I think you're going to see some creative things, and you'll mm-hmm. see some quote unquote trick plays. But you know, we don't, you know, we don't classify them as as trick plays. We're, we're trying to score. We're yeah. not we're not going to just mess around if we don't think it's it's going to be a touchdown. Well, sure enough, later that year, <laughs> there what do is. we see? You yeah. know, what do we see? We see three three throws to JJ Watt. Mm-hmm. The next year, we see Cecil Shorts throwing a touchdown to yep. Alfred Blue against the Jets. Yep. So that's something that's been in the playbook, and it's something you always need to remember. Now, J.J. Watt, the tight end, are we going to see that again? I wouldn't rule it out, but I think because of all the personnel you have on offense now, I'd be a, a, it'd be mildly surprising to see it again. You know what I wouldn't mind seeing once for a two-point play? Can you imagine if J.J. lined up next to Deshaun in the backfield? Next to Deshaun. Deshaun motions out. J.J. takes the snap. Looks like he's going to run, but no, he's going to throw it. And he throws to Deshaun for a two-point conversion or something like that. Better, be up, be, by like, cool. better yeah. be up by like 40 well, if you're going to do that. I, I know. there will be hell to pay. No, I, I – <laughs> well, you know, the Chiefs did that touchdown with Don Terry Poe a few years ago where I think they – I can't remember what they called it, but it was something like pig pig pass or something like that they called it. Yeah. And he throws a touchdown. They're up on Denver big. And they put Don Terry Poe a big nose tackle in it <laughs> at uh, Wildcat quarterback. And he throws a, a jump pass touchdown. Yeah. And I remember Denver Broncos were ticked off. Stop it if you don't like it. was like, it. stop it. Yeah, stop just it. Just stop you it. Like it. You know, that's all you had to do was just was just stop it. I mean, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Okay. Hopefully they'll be scoring a lot of points because of one guy in particular. I'm with you, man. All right, before we recorded this podcast, I fired off a little tweet because – the Texans put up the, their account put up a video from this year's win at Indianapolis in overtime, but they put up a video of the three-yard Deshaun Watson to Will Fuller touchdown. Three yards? What? Let's think about it. Those two have played together eleven games, mm-hmm. and they've 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 connected eleven times for touchdowns. We know that stat. That's been repeated a few times this yeah. offseason. One for one ratio, which is pretty. Pretty darn good. Well, I looked at it. I was like, well, how how have those touchdowns come? Like, what's what's been the yardage on them? 11 touchdowns for 322 yards just on those scores alone, okay? Well, 11 for what? 11 for 322. Now, they've he's thrown Ooh. other passes to Will Fuller. Right, right. And he's gotten more yardage. But just touchdown passes alone, yeah. 322 yards. That's 29.3 yards per catch. Oh, man. 
just on those touchdowns. So I was like, holy moly, let's look at that. So that three-yarder, that's the shortest touchdown connection that they have. Right. They also have a six-yarder. They have a nine-yarder. They have a 10-yarder, a 16-yarder, a 20-yarder. So that's six touchdowns right there. You know what the other five were, John? 39, 39, 48, 59, and that bomb at Seattle early in the game for 73 yards. That was a Miami one. Miami was 73. Excuse me. Miami, yeah, 73. Yep. They are explosive. Yep. I mean, just explosive. And we've said it many, many times. Let's see how these two do and Deshaun, excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins does and Kiki QT does. The three of them healthy in the lineup for 16. I was talking They're about undefeated when those four play together. And it hadn't been much. It, it's amazing it's like to think games. about what what health, staying healthy, can can do for this squad and for and for a lot of squads. I mean, we talked about twenty seven Jacks, twenty seventeen Jacksonville, and how healthy Jacksonville stayed and they went all the way to the AFC Championship game because they had some elite players at key spots and they played all together all year long. And they weren't great, but they were great when they needed to be in big spots. And you can stay healthy. You can see what can happen. But I. I I saw this. I, I mentioned this on All Access the other night. There was an article by Brad Kelly on the Draft Network, and he was his former receiver, so he was comparing receiving groups. And it's funny because sometimes the, these draft draft gurus kind of bleed over to the NFL, and sometimes the NFL guys bleed over into the draft. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like this big miss in some sense because the, they they basically he did like a tournament style setup, and he had the Colts t- receivers. Excuse me, the Colts pass catchers versus the Texans pass catchers. And he gave the Colts the edge, which I, I didn't really if, – if you that, that's fine. But then he said, I'm giving them the edge because of the wide receivers as opposed to the tight ends. Now, if you would have said, look, because of Doyle and Ebron, they've got the, they've got the lead. I, I, could, I could maybe see that because the Texans, with Thomas and, Thomas and Aikens are in the year two, Waring's in the year one, and no longer with Ryan Griffin, Darren Fells is not really a big pass catcher. So I, I, could, I could see you saying that. But if you're going to tell me that the, the Colts pass catchers, receivers, are better, okay, Hilton, bona fide. T.Y. kills us. He kills a lot of teams, but he kills us. Okay, but he's I'll not as good that. as the best receiver in the game right now, DeAndre no, Hopkins. He's not, he's not better than Hopkins. You know, Devin Funches, is, you're going to take Devin Funches over Will Fuller? The problem is, is Will's got to stay healthy. The health, and the yeah. same with Kiki QT. You're taking Kiki QT. Oh, are you taking Paris Campbell over Kiki QT? You know, we know what Paris Campbell could do. You know what Kiki QT. QT can do when he's healthy. Yeah, the two times he's played the Colts, he's roasted them. Right. Two best games of his career. So I'm not sure that I give them the edge, but that all said, I I, I just got to thinking about that, and then I got to thinking about this, Will, uh, uh, about Will Fuller. The the Texans' offense last year, and I've seen a lot of this, and I, and I think because of what happened at a playoff game, I think people really have the Texans' offense kind of pigeonholed into, eh, you know, it's okay, group. Deshaun, if he stays healthy, all that. If Deshaun stays protected. Deshaun did things last year, nor the quarterback in the history of the game has ever done. While being sacked 62 times, mm-hmm. while playing half the season without Will Fuller, while playing more than half the season without Kiki QT. With a broken rib. With a broken rib that he had to take a bus to and no Deontay Foreman uh-huh. all year long. Yeah, he had two running backs. So if Deontay Foreman's back healthy and Will Fuller's back healthy and Kiki QT is back healthy and the offensive line is better, then why would, Deont- why would Deshaun Watson play worse so why would he not replicate or come close to replicating what he did last year and even if he doesn't have any of those guys back health why still would he not be better purely from the maturation 
aspect of things. Exactly. You know, learning and saying, well, okay, well, I don't have those guys. Here's how I can right. compensate. Here's how I can do this and that, and I can spread it around here and maybe find this guy. Right. And maybe in this situation I've seen this, so I won't. I think just that alone you're going to see some improvement from, not to mention you get one, two, three, four of those guys back healthy. Right. But, hey, let's just say you get one or two of them back healthy. I mean, it's just still, get fuller back. It still changes the equation. Yeah, he's the equation changer. Just get fuller back yeah. because he changes everything. And by change everything, week two against Tennessee, we're still offensively not in a groove at all. Like, yeah. we can't – we just we're, – we're, we're just not there. But Will Fuller is tearing up, tearing up with Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler – Whoever is is over there covering him, he's Logan looking I, like a complete receiver. He's not looking like just a deep threat. He's it's ridiculous. Like we did a, we did a film room on it, yeah. of of just a little hitch route, a little three yard hitch route, and he gets four yards of separation because they were so scared of his speed. You could see it all coming together, and that's the thing that you got you got to think in the fourth year, if he is back healthy coming off the ACL. Look, there might be some rust he's got to shake off, and and I understand that, and I hope he's ready to go by training camp, and I, and I think he's going to be, but. I, I think you're you're so right, Drew. He was really evolving into a a true complete receiver, and hopefully, that's what he shows this year for a full sixteen games. And if he does, that one to one ratio gives him sixteen touchdowns this year. I like that. And you know what? You hear that number and go, "Ah, oh, sixty. Would you? Does that sound too facetious? Sixteen touchdowns for a guy that has already generated those big plays, and a guy who has." QT out there. Right. The guy who has Hopkins out there. Right. Drawing a lot of attention. Right. I'm telling you, man, just health, health, health. That is that is the – I mean, you could say that probably for every team. But sure. especially with this one, the explosiveness of this offense could be very, very special. Yep. No doubt. All right. How do you feel? You feel good about this? I feel good, man. All this right. is a good podcast. Good stuff. We're going to do, uh, like we said, we're going to do some more of these. Not just on Tuesday. This has been the entree, and we're going to have some more apps throughout the week. Some desserts. Stuff like that. John, good stuff as always, my dude. Yeah, man. Thank you, Drew. And thank you all for listening to In the Lab.